Sonic Solidarity is sponsored in part by the Michigan Council for the Arts and Humanities, the National Endowment for the Arts, our patrons at patreon.com, and listeners like you. Learn more about Detroit Sound Conservancy, browse hundreds of artifacts, oral histories, photographs, and recordings, and join our mailing list at detroitsound.org. Uh, good morning, Marianne. Uh, good morning, Carlton. <laughs> welcome to Sonic Solidarity, uh, a new podcast from Detroit Sound Conservancy. Uh, we're sitting down with our second interviewee. Our first one was with Lauren Hood, our board member and longtime friend. This one's with uh, dear, dear friend and musician, uh, Marion Hayden. And uh, because we're going to assume that some people may not know all the characters in Detroit. If you were from Detroit, though, you would know Marion. But if you are, maybe maybe you don't. So, Marion, can you briefly just describe who you are and, and what your relationship is to uh, Detroit music? Uh, sure. Um, I was born and raised here in Detroit. And uh, I consider myself um, a product of the Detroit uh, music uh, the Detroit music scene and all of its various aspects. I went to, I attended Detroit public schools and received what I considered to be an excellent music education there uh, in uh, classical music and just the foundations of how you, how you play, how you play music. I'm a bassist. And so that's, that's my, my primary instrument. Although I did start off on cello and um, through also through the Detroit uh, public schools at that time, um, I was able to get access to some of the uh, great um, jazz musicians um, that live here in Detroit and that we were very fortunate to have resident as resident musicians here in our community. And these are people that brought just a world of uh, knowledge about, uh, about the music, touring experience, um, a very deep understanding of the relationship, uh, the relationship between uh, uh, jazz, between jazz and, and musicians and people and how its importance in the world. And I received a really thorough education from those musicians, which would be people such as uh, um, still living, still living folks like Wendell Harrison and Ursula Walker, Buddy Butson, and um, Charles Bowles, and then uh, and Charlie Gabriel, the great saxophonist, and then folks who who have uh, uh, joined the ancestors who I love dearly, such as Marcus Belgrave and Donald Walden, Ken Cox. Um, uh, Roy Brooks, um, just uh, you know George Benson, just a plethora of really, really great people. So, uh, and I, uh, I figure, I feel like it's my mission to continue that legacy, and that's uh, that's what I do, bring that forward in terms of my own personal work and also my work with with young musicians. Uh, what is your main instrument? My main instrument is the bass violin. That's uh, that is the instrument that I uh, I choose to speak for. Yeah. Yeah. And do you play any other instruments or that's your main one? That, that really is the main thing that I do. Um, over the years, I've, I've come to uh, try to be, express myself as a composer because that's part of what we do as, as musicians and particularly in the field of, uh, of jazz in particular. Um, but uh, I am definitely no pianist, 
but I will, but I, I do what I have to, to be able to um, uh, flesh out my ideas, but I'm a basis. That's, that's really, that's really what I speak through. <laughs> and then any, do you, any parents, brothers, sisters, other relatives that were musically inclined, or are you the uh, uh, main uh, first uh, progenitor in your family? Well, you know, I'm, a couple of things on that. Um, actually, uh, my brother, uh, my brother, brother, younger brother, who uh, did play a little trumpet coming up. My father was actually quite a good pianist, but he was kind of an undercover pianist. He didn't let everybody know how, how quite how great he was. But I'll just say this: in in my family, um, which was really which was a really important thing, and I think a lot of, in another a lot of families uh, at the time. Um, we had a piano in our house, and just like other other uh, families, I can only speak for the black community because I know that community pretty well. And it was pretty it, it was uh, pretty much um, a, a given that everyone was going to have some um, some access and some responsibility to spend some time learning some music, learning just even if you took piano lessons for a couple of years, everybody was going to do that. So as far as I'm concerned, there's just a lot of respect and love for the the traditions of learning music and live music in the community in general when I came up. And that was one of the things I think that that really uh, nurtured me and so many uh, great musicians in in Detroit. I saw the photo today um, of uh, Ellis Marcellus's home. Because yeah. uh, Ellis, uh, Mr. Marcellus, uh, passed away just these last 24, 48 hours in New Orleans. Yes. And um, the photo was of him, his piano at home, in his home, yes. uh, in the with the drapes closed. You know, it felt very like I've been in that living room. You know, I've, I've been there. I've, I've been in those rooms in Detroit. You know, yes. the piano in the front room with the family. Uh, and it really resonated for me. I don't know if, what, about that photo. Let me see what else we got here as I fall things apart. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> it'll work out in the end. Um, I know. It let's, will. let's get to let's get to the, let's get to the, the 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 right now. Let's get to the right now. How are you doing? How how is your health? How is the health of your family? Just generally, how how are you doing? How are you coping right now? Um, you know, I think that we're doing. Pretty good. I mean, well, let me just say we're all healthy. So that gets, that's an A, right? If anybody who's feeling good and we're feeling healthy, none of us, uh, I, all of us are uh, asymptomatic, no symptoms of the virus. So I'm really happy about that. Yep. Um, we're kind of pretty much doing, uh, you know, staying in lockdown. We got plenty of food. Um, I just think that just um, emotionally, it's, it's, um, it's, a different environment I know for me personally and just you know not being able to um, be out and around other musicians um, I'm very fortunate that I that I do have uh, two two uh, sons and a husband and they're really uh, super lovely people uh, to be around and at least my youngest son is in the house and and he also is a musician so we can have some uh, musical interactions some, we can do, get some have some drum and bass get downs and then my husband, who is a who is a visual artist, is uh, you know does a lot of painting and really keeps us all very you know, really very uplifted spirits with his uh, with just the way he's able to to bring uh, bring joy you know through through yeah. his art. And so so that part is good. But 
Um, but you know, it is. It certainly has been um, the 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 landscape for performing artists has definitely changed. I mean, I just had. I was supposed to do a camp in late a jazz camp in late July. Uh, I would say mid mid to late July. Like I think it's supposed to start around July 18th in Washington State, and that just got canceled. Oh, okay. So these things are. Yep. So these things, this thing is is uh, very real repercussions, yep. um, and they seem to be reaching a lot further than um, I think we would have thought. I think probably when this first started, um, most of us were thinking that summer, you know, things would possibly turn around yep. by the summer, and we would, you know, we would be able to, um, you know, continue to engage in in all the things that we we love doing, educating and performing. Uh, in person, yep. and it looks like we are going to be in some sort of and and where we are right now, possibly a little longer than we thought. So that's that's uh, that's that's troubling. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that exactly. One more question about just you know, so moving. So you've already moved into my next question, which was sort of how has your career been impacted? I mean, most uh, Detroit musicians, unless you're a member of you know the DSO, for instance. Uh, and you're and you're in a union, right? And and I don't know mm-hmm. as of this morning, I don't know all the status of those musicians. But you know that's a regular salaried position, you know, and yes. they have a union fighting for them. And um, but most musicians in Detroit, you know, are catches. You know, a, a phrase you used yesterday over uh, tax would be capturing uh, uh, monies, right? Capturing a little uh, uh, cash when they can and opportunities. Um, and many musicians have a, another job, right? You know, the, yes. some of the musicians that have survived the longest in the Detroit scene are, are musicians that have full-time jobs, maybe with the city. And then yeah. music is something that they do in, their, in that time after, right, mm-hmm. uh, work. So how, how has so far, uh, how has the, how has the uh, crisis affected your, your musical career here so far in I know you did the Blue Llama Jazz Club. Maybe you want to say something about the event that you did with Straight Ahead. Right. Well, um, we were just kind of fortunate that we already had uh, Straight Ahead did a, a live stream from the Blue Llama last week, uh, Friday. And um, they were, you know, with with um, a lot of social distancing. And they were, of course, closed to the public. Right. Um, and um, that felt that felt good. Um it, it felt good. It was so good to be able to see my see my uh, my band, and you know, so that we can you know have a chance to to collaborate. But um, I'm thinking all that kind of stuff is actually going to be way even more difficult now because yeah. I think that things are just getting uh, you know that you know day by day we're hearing yeah. things that are just so much more serious. Yep. But I, you know, I felt we felt you know we felt that we could we could possibly do that one. Everybody said they felt good about that. But I think other than that, yeah. I think that we're just going to have to think about other ways to be able to explore uh, explore what we do. Um, I was supposed to actually be at Dizzy's Club Coca-Cola uh, on Monday of this week. That I know. Scott. That of course got shut down. Right, that's right. You were going to be seeing us. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, oh, yeah. Um, That got shut down in the middle of March, and just, just you know, just pretty much uh, everything. I think I, I think I got an invitation to um, to work at a church on Easter. I'm probably going, definitely going to decline that. I just think no. I just think we just shouldn't be. We just can't be in each each other's sphere. I think it was. You know, everybody's just. It's just, it's just the way it is. So I think that we're trying that, you know, that we'll have to um, uh, engage in other ways. Um, 
A, well, a couple of things, if you don't, wouldn't mind. Sure, I have a couple absolutely. That. Yeah. Um, a, um, I would like to see those that are funders be a part of the support system for musicians. Yeah. I have seen some of that. And it's been really great. I have seen, uh, I was just in on a conversation with South Arts, uh, which is down in Atlanta, and they're made, they're, they're launching a major campaign to assist artists uh, and, 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 and assist artists in a way that makes sense for artists. When you have a lot of people that are freelancing, um, a lot of times their work doesn't come with a contract. Their work came with a, an agreement by text or an agreement on a, uh, agreement on a, on a uh, email or it's something that they've been doing every Friday night for crazy amounts of years. And that's still a job, right? Yeah. That is still, those are, those are all still jobs. And so I think that there has to be a way for funders to step in. A lot of these budgets that they have have already been a promise to them. The money is already in their coffers. It would be really helpful at this time if people thought about the folks on the other end, I would say that. And, um, that's kind of actually one of one of my main main soapboxes uh, these days, and I think also we're going to have to think about ways that musicians actually like to be active. So we need to think about ways that we can support musicians in place in their homes. Yep. What kinds of things can we do to allow them to give you um, to uh, bring something to the table that they have that does not involve them having to collaborate with anybody unless it's collaborating on, you know, together on like we are on a zoom or FaceTime or something, because now, and I'll tell you, there's an organization, there's some organizations that have been doing that. They've been um, trying to um, um, propose to our artists to um, do um, like, do something that would be akin to like an Instagram post, something very short and proposing to pay artists for those things. I think that's a really great idea. I just think they're just, they're just going to have to be a little bit more inventive other than saying, okay, uh, which is what most of my folks said to me, which is, we would love to have you in 2021. Nope. Well, that I really, <laughs> and I do appreciate that. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Yeah. I really appreciate you having me in 2021. Now, we are at this point on, in April of 2020. What at this point? You know what I mean? What at this point? That, that, is, that, is, that is, therein lies the question for, for me and so many of my uh, brother and sister yep. artists. What at this point? Uh, absolutely. And you've already, you're, you know, Marion, this is perfect. You've already hit uh, questions that I already asked. I mean, I think about even DSC and where we are and, you know, we had a conversation last night with our uh, uh, board officers to talk about brass tax and how much money we got and what yeah. could we do if we can't bring in any more funds this year? Can we survive? You know, real brass tax conversations. You know, it's taken eight to 10 years to build our organization and 20 years of my career to do it. But musicians are birthed from four, five, six, seven, eight years old, you know, Mm -hmm. and we, if it's, it's not like, uh, well, if we lose a couple of musicians this year, we can gain them back next year. You know, some, some kinds of programming, you can do that, right? Because there will be people there and what have you, but you lose a musician now, they're not replaceable. Uh, I mean, and not even, I'm not even saying that in sort of a, I'm trying to be as objective about that as I can. It's, yeah, it's, it's sure. that, like the actual hours and time to reproduce 
musicians is impossible. It's impossible. You just have to yes. build the humans. There's no other way around it. I was thinking about this last night. We were watching on an Instagram live uh, a DJ. You may not. I don't know if you don't know this DJ, Marion, but DJ Godfather. I don't think I know. Anyway, he's a guy. He's a, yeah, he's, he's a guy and he plays very fast booty music. Uh-huh, all right. And it's fun. It is fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hands in the air. Hands in the air. So anyway, it's a lot of fun. It's, 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 it's a very youthful, even these guys who are getting older now and their, their audiences are getting older, but the, the vibe is one of youth and exuberance and, sure. and up, you know, it's all up. Uh, but he's so talented. He's scratching and doing all these things. And how many hours did he play to, to get to that point? I mean, it's just... Uh, unbelievable, and the, and the idea that somehow we could replace, Bron- you know, his name is Brian Jeffries, mm-hmm. with uh, the idea that we could just replace him next year and just pause everything he does and hope he survives to next year is, it's nonsense, you know. Uh, and I and I think people get that a little bit. Musician people, especially people, musical people, people who have done some amateur musician, like who mm-hmm. tried to play, I think have an appreciation of like how skilled and talented people are. You know, I played clarinet, so when I hear Wendell play and the tone that he gets, I say to myself, oh, that's that's time, you know. Yeah, it is. But I think for the layperson, or even maybe the funder, uh, maybe even might need to be educated uh, uh, more there. It, just to follow up to that question, and then I got a last one, and then we'll, we'll, we'll I think we're doing really well. We'll make sure this all this got, got recorded here. Um, Good. is there anyone else, especially I think about our, you know, again, DSC is not a political activism group particularly. So we want to be conscious of, you know, calling out politicians or what have you, but is there anything else you're seeing out there in terms of our leaders, other leaders in terms of the arts, you know, beyond funders. I think when you say funders, I think what you're saying, I hear what you're saying is foundations, uh, you know, donors, like the people who normally step up for the arts. Um, but you know, governments also step up for the arts, national endowment for, you know, the arts. We, we have grant funding through Michigan council for the arts. It's not a lot, but it is significant. So is there any other kind of things that you're seeing? I, I really love that you brought in this idea from, you know, Georgia, you know, that you, you're seeing other crews sort of coming together. So is anybody else or anything else you'd want to see from our, from our leadership here that would help musicians? Mm, well, I don't know. I I, it's, I really I almost hate to say anything because I don't want to self sound so quite so self serving because sure. I know that a lot of people are in are really hurting now. Uh, I just thought I saw nurses, doctors, un- yeah, an unemployment those, figures something yeah. like six point six million Unreal. people for unemployment. I, yeah. I can't even fathom fathom what that uh, what yeah. that is, and people lining up for food too. Yeah, for food, which is really scary. Yeah. That's really scary when you think about people who are lining up just to be able to feed themselves and their families. Yeah. Um, I just I haven't really thought that much about it. I just I just kind of um I just kind of, you know, keep trolling my emails and just looking looking for signs of hope, looking yeah. for signs that anybody uh, really understands. I mean, just the idea yeah. that people would cancel musicians in major concerts and leave them with zero. Mm-hmm. Now this is a these are cancellations I've heard musicians speak about. Um, I was just on a, a, a conference call with with several artists, and I'm talking about I'm just not going to drop any names. So I'm talking no. about major major venues yeah. where they cancel you two days before, 
Yeah. And you know that budget was already in place. That check was cut. Yeah. And and they left musicians with nothing. Yeah. They left artists, visual artists, dancers, yeah. people in the arts with zero. Um, that see that to me, those kinds of things they take. They need. Um, they need a. Um, there needs to be a top down when you yeah. talk about folks like NEA, any of those kinds of folks, um, any of those folks that act, can actually make a difference. That has to be a top down. Yeah. Um, you know, um, an entire attitude about how we're going to support different segments of the population. Different, yep. And let's understand different segments of the population need to be supported in different ways. Yep. And so um, there's a, there's a, there, I noticed here, even in Detroit, they finally decided some light bulb came on that said that they must turn on people's water. Yeah. Jeez. That was, yeah. that that they had turned off. Yeah. Right. So, so they were, so they were, they were willing to take a huge gamble with people's lives yeah. for years now in Detroit with crazy water shutoffs. Yeah. And apparently some smart person decided that perhaps in the middle of a, of a pandemic, when people need to be washing their hands all the time, yeah. Folks have to have water in their homes, yeah. you know, and so um, I just think that you know we we just have to. It's like there's just so many components to what's gonna what's gonna really really um, really help, and it just really is too bad that it's taking this yes for folks to um, for folks to um, figure out that um, you know that's that the society. And then I'm gonna leave us with one more thing. Yes, please. And that and that is this idea of the inequities in um, digital um, and people having uh, access, digital access, internet, internet yep. access. That is a huge thing. That yep. is yet another thing that we're getting ready to one slam into in terms of a brick wall. Yep. The in- inequities in access, access to online and digital uh, and digital, uh, digital uh, yep. uh, apparatus platforms, the yep. whole thing. That is getting ready to be a huge thing. I already see it in the music community now. Yeah. I mean, there's there's folks that you know may have a cell phone, they can send you a text and stuff, but maybe they can't they can't afford to to they don't have enough data on their plan to load up Zoom or yeah. some of these other platforms in which they can in which they can collaborate with folks. Yeah, just don't have it. Can't do it. Can't yeah. even scan even can't even scan something onto their phone. Have not you know yeah. just have very very have uh, just have don't have options. This is going to be an issue also. It's already an issue. Yep, it's already no, an issue. I've already gotten some ideas for some things to do, and we'll talk after, off off screen about some things uh, to just having this conversation. It's been really helpful. We're getting up to about uh, you know up to thirty minutes here, so I don't want right. to I don't want to belabor yeah, no. people, but you yes. know just you know let's look for towards some hope here. Um, you know, obviously you were working, looking forward to some teaching in the summer. That's sort of nebulous, but what are you, when we get out of this, when things start to loosen up again, you know, uh, we definitely don't want to go back to the old normal. I think what you're saying with these water shutoffs and all this stuff, it's not like what we left was all that great. You know, people in Detroit were suffering before all this happened. So we definitely don't want to just go back to what the status quo was. You know, we want to improve. We have to, we have to be better coming yeah. out of this, uh, no matter what happens. I definitely hear you saying that, but what looking forward, you know, absolutely. I was, I, I obviously I'm, I'm in stuck in New Jersey and I absolutely want to see you at Dizzy's. What else are you looking forward to <laughs> coming up? What projects were you planning for this year that you're still sort of holding on to 
uh, at well, this point? Um, I got a, I received a grant to um, do a revision on a, comp, a, a suite that I, that I composed some years ago um, that is based on the, a musical suite based on the life of Phyllis Wheatley. Phyllis uh, Wheatley, who, yeah. was, who was the first, um, first black woman published. She was an, uh, an enslaved uh, uh, young woman who was enslaved at the age of nine from Senegal and brought here yep. and um, was uh, purchased by some Quakers in Boston. And she has a really, uh, just a, uh, just a really um, interesting uh, life, a brilliant, just a brilliant young woman. Uh, and uh, so I, I visited, I revisited her life through music. I, I did a piece, um, a, a whole suite of music based on her life. And then um, I got a grant to do a revision on that. Amazing. And so um, it was, it was slated for June. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. But I'm, but as soon as as soon as it can happen, I look I look forward to that. Uh, we're also going to do a celebration of the music of Ken Cox, okay. hopefully in November. Okay. And I'm really 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 looking forward to that. And um, I'm just going to keep composing and and uh, and uh, working on things. I you know I, I I encourage all my 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 fellow musicians to just we just have to kind of keep doing what we can to, as best we can through this. You know. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, with DSC, we still are looking forward to bringing in funds for the Bluebird, getting that roof completed, yes. getting some musicians in front of the bird on a regular, you know, however, yes. even even while we're under construction, somehow playing on the street, something, you know, some funding for that. I, I don't know, but just something to, to connect with. We don't we don't want to have the building just sit there for a whole year with nothing. That's not, that's not the plan. So hopefully there's ways, uh, hopefully we won't have to completely tighten up, you know, hopefully we'll still have yes. some good program. Marion, I just want to, you know, on a personal note, just say thank you for, you know, now two years and really last year, you really came on in a huge way. You were a partner and curator with us on a number of projects and, uh, just saying love to you and your family. And um, uh, this has been Sonic Solidarity with Carlton Gold's Executive Director of Detroit Sound Conservancy with the great Marion Hayden, uh, bassist, musician, and, and Detroiter forever. Um, well, thanks, thank you, Carlton. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. All right. episode of Sonic Solidarity was recorded and produced by myself, Carlton Goals. It was edited and engineered by Detroit Sound Conservancy's projects manager, Jonah Raiden Silverstein. Our theme music was performed by bassist Marion Hayden and saxophonist Deshaun Jones in front of the legendary Bluebird Inn, Detroit, Michigan, 2019.